I don't want to set the world on fire. Welcome to Disaster Artists, the show where we live through the apocalypse. So you don't have to. <laughs> I'm Shane. I'm Johnny. That was a slightly better start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was funny, like, because I was just waiting for you to say it, but having not know. going over it. <laughs> and then for a second, oh no, he's not. And then I was about to, and then he did. <laughs> And then I came in there. It's good. And this week we're covering just the preparing for a disaster in general. The idea yeah. of prepping and uh, being a prepper. Yeah, yeah. What is a prepper? Because not like we're experts, so we should all learn together. Yeah, and being just being prepared. Because depending on how this goes up, either last week, because we recorded two, I'll just say it, we recorded two episodes today. We're not sure which order to go up. So either last week or the week before, we done. For you, we, well actually, sorry, last week or the week before, whichever order these goes up in, there wasn't an episode, because... Oh yeah, we missed an episode. Yeah, but we just done Apocalypse Watch, and though not the best of episodes by any means, it was still, it was, we even said it was a trial, but we thought this would be a nice place to go from that to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We watched out for Apocalypses last week, and now we talk about preparing for them. And yeah, so... It's kind of general preparedness, and a lot of it transfers over to any disaster, mm. like flooding or earthquake or hurricane, kind of snowstorm, being stuck yeah. in your house for a couple of days, just being prepared for making sure you have enough extra food in your house. It's, it's very simple, basic stuff yeah, for that, yeah. to being prepared to have a go bag or a, um, a bug out bag. Bug out bag, and just being ready to just run and go yeah, like yeah. you know and get out of whatever the city or wherever you're living or you know well there's that other thing like preparing like if you're stockpiling food and you're yeah. preparing for a hurricane or nuclear war and none of that happens but someday you do lose your job and you don't have budget for food yeah, for the yeah. next month you, you've got a stockpile yeah. having a stockpile of dried foods or something yeah is, like the preparing huge difference to you. you're never it's never really going to go to waste um, but we are talking about on a bigger scale and the idea, the idea of preppers, because even a lot of people listen to this because a lot of, because this is a a podcast in the TV and film category. So a lot of people listen, and that's yeah. why we're doing this now because a lot of people listen to it might not even really know what a prepper is. This podcast could be the or well not this episode, but yeah. as we talked about before, might be the first time. I can't imagine it would have been, but it might be the first time. Yeah, they might not be familiar with the term prepper but they're probably yeah. familiar with the term survivalist and that's all like prepper is a survivalist like the the webster's dictionary definition of yeah. them both is would be the same thing prepper is just a more modern yeah and it's more focused i think on an impending disaster of like worldwide or at least countrywide proportions beyond say something like a flooding or an earthquake it's more yeah it's preparing for the end of civilization as it's well known. that's what survivalists would be um i see i would associate survivalists more with you know like a woodsman survivalist or well, like a bear grills type i think survivalist. that's the idea that people have a, have a survivalists before prepping culture became so big yeah. but survivalists were always like a survivalist was somebody who believed the government and society at large would fail and they would need yeah, skills yeah. to survive in it, which is exactly what a prepper is. I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you take uh, The Postman, uh, the book. I don't, I, yeah. I, I never saw the film. 
Uh, I remember we were going to do an episode where you don't read the book and I don't watch the film. I think that would be a good... Yeah, we do that on most things. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I know, usually you've seen the film and read the book. Uh, but I think it'd be better to not see it. But anyway, in that, because I don't know, but in the book, the survivalists have kind of become the villains. Yeah. Um, and they because they were the people prepared prepared for this. And that was, I don't know where I was going with that other than, like, they're essentially, if that book was to be written now, they would have just been called preppers. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose the survivalists, you get across a lot especially in media and TV shows and things like that, they're always kind of portrayed as usually often living cult-like on a, or religious living fanatics on a compound. living on a compound who don't believe in gov- federal government and they're, they're stockpiling weapons and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's usually a very... That's... But... Is a part of prepping. Yeah, exactly. But it is not... I think the only preppers. difference is that prepping the culture got much bigger. That yeah. now you have preppers, not you have survivalists, not like that now. That's the only difference. But they're yeah, still preparing yeah. in the same sense. So fundamentally, they're the skills they're trying to acquire and what they yeah. think is going to happen is ultimately the exact same thing. Yeah, it was just something of a rebranding because of the association yeah. of being typically actually like survivalists. A lot of the time, the association was that they were uh, racists living on a compound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the guys in the end of Breaking Bad, they were that type of, yeah. yeah. Or but that, and that's yeah. my, but that's kind of what my point, like they, they are actually the same thing. It's just like a better word to get away from. Yeah. Sort of, but that, the, that's the very extremist and one specific type of prepper as well. But I can imagine that was media manipulation to begin with, anyway, because yeah. I can't imagine like survivalists. We we that we have that idea that survivalists were like that because they were the villains in a lot of like seventies crime. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm sure it was no different than preppers are now. I'd say I think survivalists just got a very bad rap. Uh, yeah, probably definitely. <laughs> The same way preppers are kind of getting that, even though it's becoming a bit more mainstream, there's also been like a backlash too. Yeah. Like a lot of people would have heard of the TV show, is it, is it on Discovery or one of those? It's mm. uh, like Doomsday Preppers. And they always, they, they seem to pick, purely because it makes good TV, they seem to pick the more eccentric people yeah. to showcase on TV. Um, But... For, for exactly that reason yeah because <laughs> they're more interesting to watch on tv and uh well we should work up to that and yeah, yeah. Cause before because like the the survivalists sort of like that actually even though it had all those connotations of being racist and that it, they would have got their start in like the 30s and 40s that was when there was the first sort oh, yeah. of um i don't know it wasn't really i guess yeah a culture of preppers yeah and it was mainly because the go- like the government was growing. Yeah, they're getting more control. Yeah, yeah, and even that's it. something with because pre- most preppers like are quite conservative Christians, typically in America. Yeah, and they're still it's still more about most of them fear the government as opposed to even if it's a natural disaster, it's about the idea yeah, that yeah. the government won't be able to help them. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely from that point. Um, like so much of the culture is centered on a mistrust of the government probably a, a very logical mistrust as well when you look at what happens in this like yeah you need to like look at new orleans a couple of years ago exactly that like was crazy anybody that lived through that wouldn't deem a prepper to be crazy like no <laughs> and then even like you had in the 40s with the war and stuff like they actually saw yeah. nuclear war so now you actually 
but prior pretty, to that, there's not really a reason to prepare for the end of the world because there's not really. Yeah. People didn't see firsthand something unless it was. Uh, and or there was nothing really that no it was earthquakes and, yeah yeah nothing but once once uh, the first nukes went off that yeah. was where you got into like we, we talked about in the fallout episode there we were talking about uh, people building bomb shelters in their gardens and all that kind of stuff and th- they would have been considered pre- or survivalists yeah, or yeah the people who were really into it and really like stockpiled and full on went for it prepared for a nuclear yeah, fallout yeah, or yeah. war like there was a there was a general telling people to be prepared, but there was the people who went extreme with it and early, you know. Yeah, and yeah. They'd been considered the survivalists, where everyone else was just doing things that was common sense advised by <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the civil defense or by the government or whatever. Well, that's yeah, and that's the thing that was actually civil defense programs set up to tell people to prepare. So of course, yeah, people sure. would were told to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even even there, like. Uh, um, I was watching a program the other day and it was talking about how uh, the was it Disney created like a kid's gas mask that's like Mickey's face yeah and it looks terrifying it's so terrifying it looks like a slipknot mask like a metal band yeah and it was for children up to like ages four or five and but it was from a real fear of that uh, the Japanese would drop like mustard gas on cities and all that kind of stuff yeah um which is <laughs> that's what it was about where in in london during the blitz like every child had a gas mask in the but that's where you always see like the box around their neck that's their gas yeah, mask yeah. um and you you rarely see the association of what's in the box and then the gas masks yeah in yeah, films yeah. and in tv and stuff you never see that but the, but they were much more they were being bombed nearly every day yeah as opposed to in the states they were further away from it yeah yeah there was also just in terms of like preppers, the uh, Wall Street crash in twenty nine would have played a big part. Oh yeah, in... especially for just like food stocks. And... Yeah, exactly, because people were like actually out on the streets waiting for handouts. Essentially, that yeah. you know you had a lot of, and then like it might be ten years after that, but you had like guys in their forties or guys in their thirties who were in their twenties when after happened. the crash, and yeah. now they're living in a world where nukes have fallen. You know, it's yeah. uh, things like that never happened in the world before that. That no. and you're not, and you were never dependent on like capitalism essentially before yeah. that. So there becomes a much greater fear and a much greater need to prepare, and so it kind of popped. They they were suddenly things that were so outside of the um realm of reality. They were so kind of abstract mm. in a sense, like nuclear war and the depression. We were just so. They weren't attainable physical things, uh, um, and so they just created so much fear. I think. And then you even think like it's really where speculative fiction got its. No, speculative fiction has been around in a sense for centuries. But yeah. when you look like look at all the great like sci-fi writers, well, not all the great, but you had guys like H.G. Wells and that. They'd oh, they'd been on the go for years. But if you look at like the sci-fi masterworks collection. <laughs> about half of those books yeah came out between like 1930 and 1960 you know yeah, yeah. so around like for the first time you have this like huge rise in writers that are looking at the future and a lot of their visions of the future aren't good so like even just the ideas implanted more that yeah. this is possible and then also yeah you like you said you had uh, like civil defense programs running yeah. around like 
fucking making terrifying ads during <laughs> like the, the game going back to Fallout the yeah, warnings yeah. of like Fallout and do you know what it is <laughs> <laughs> you even had then like actual religious organizations as well and you know we all know how religious organizations can like convince yeah. people because it was the the church of what, Latter- church of latter-day saints is I that this? So, yeah. or does it have a longer name than that no that's the name of it yeah. if that's the one you're talking about it is yeah okay because yeah. um, even one of their the things they teach members is to stock a year's supply of food oh, really? i didn't know but yeah, yeah apparently that's changed over like that used to be it and now it's like three months but apparently they're still actually just in general yeah yeah that they which not a bad like as far as religious organizations yeah. go they sound like they have yeah, one yeah. thing right at least it's not a bad idea I'm not saying no. you have to or you should but yeah, there's nothing wrong with storing food no you should in general just be I think that's a big message I want to say to people is yeah you should in general try and have uh, like at least a month of things like rice and pasta in your house just to worst happens like that you get a couple of days of floods or bad snowfall you can't get to the shops you might not have fresh meat or veg but you're not going to starve like that's have something yeah. in your house. Yeah. Like I said to you earlier, because I was wondering if you're hungry, because I've got no real food in it, I can only put you on a pizza. When I say I have no real food in it, I mean, like, real food. I do have a box of, like, the... Not, and I'm not, like... I don't have, like, a big cupboard of emergency stuff. No. But I've got a box of stuff that has, like, a use-by date of 2022 and stuff. That, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> will always be there, but it's not, like... It's not there for the nuclear apocalypse. It's there for... If there's a big freeze again yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the shops are closed or I just don't want to have to like fight a storm to go and do shopping, yeah. I can be like, oh, I don't need to, I, I, I can just stay. I'll do shopping tomorrow. I'll work from the emergency supply. Yeah, exactly. But if something really bad did happen, I've also got a three and four week supply of food too. So yeah. it's like, it's just, it's not a bad idea. I always feel I never have enough. I, I, and I know I don't at the yeah. moment. I need to, I need to buy like... Uh, I just need to buy more things like pasta and rice and some more kind of tinned bits mm. um, of kind of add-ons. And... Yeah. Because even if you even if you lose like electricity, even like in my house, yeah, our our cooker is an electric cooker. So if we use lose electricity, we're not screwed because I've got a camping stove yeah, <laughs> under exactly. the stairs, yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. got like 12 cans of gas for it and stuff, mm. you know but that's just my camping gear that's not even my prepper stuff you know what i mean that's just but it's a lot still, of camping gear it's kind of falls into the realm yeah, above. Yeah. at least for your house whether how we'll, well, we'll talk about bug out bags and stuff in a bit yeah but, yeah but yeah so already like that's like 30s 40s you're already going into the cold war of course the cold war becomes a bigger issue because then the threat of nuclear war is just looming over everybody's head oh, yeah. and there was a politician called Harry Brown and he was like a, an investment analyst. And I think he was a presidential candidate, but I don't know actually for whether Republican or what. Yeah. Which not that that's important, but sometimes it gives you a better insight to why, what their, what their agenda is. Oh, um, yeah. But he gave a, he used to, he held all these seminars on preparedness oh, really? and uh, he wrote book. He had, there was a, a futurist, and a designer, can't remember his name, that who designed like eco-friendly homes and it was into sustainable living. And he he wrote books on that. And this Harry Brown guy had him come and talk. Yeah. So like both of them together, like they were, were 
sending yeah, a message waving the flag kind of and, yeah. and so and you know it's somebody very serious like somebody that'd be like can you imagine like if somebody was running for president now and one of their main sort of talking points was about yeah. preparing for disaster like it really then like i can <laughs> be imagine, pretty negative wouldn't it <laughs> it probably would be negative but i can imagine it'd be a lot more like if hillary clinton started making that talking point that some when she was yeah speaking at town hall meetings i can imagine a lot more people would be then would take it serious like i suppose yeah it, it does come across as yeah because he wasn't a mad guy like it wasn't no, like no. he was out oh the government are trying to take our guns <laughs> they're going to come yeah, like yeah. he was a guy running for yeah. who wanted to run for president like yeah he, yeah he wasn't and i think he was running for the libertarian libertarian party i'm not sure oh, right, though, yeah. but still um I can't remember. I actually know the guy's name because I was going to get a book he wrote. Oh, right. I got and I got bookmarked <laughs> and all on uh, Amazon. But anyway, and the, then it's, but but like most governments, is not if not all of them do advise on any kind of civil defense website or just public inf- citizens information. They will tell you make sure you have a month's supply of food. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like the um, and, and and water and things like that. Yeah, and like the um, FEMA recommend you have a three-day survival pack, like a bug, uh, which is a bug out bag. Yeah, they yeah. just call it a three-day survival pack because it doesn't sound as crazy. But it's the yeah, exact it's a same bug out bag. It's a bug out bag. Um, only like, but maybe not. Like the only difference between a three-day survival pack and a bug out bag is people who refer to theirs as a bug out bag probably have just stocked a pair. Yeah, and they're <laughs> but that but that's the crazy thing to do to stock a yeah. pair like. Because I love that idea that, like, over-preparing is, like, bad. Yeah. But, like, it's better to, like, have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Ex- absolutely. That's my attitude. Unless it's as in you're carrying a big camping bag and it's breaking your back and you can't move. No, like, yeah. And you're bringing a laptop with you. Like. Yeah, you're just overdoing it then, yeah, yeah. Although I always worry about that, like, say there was a disaster. And I'm like, what do you bring with you? Grab my bug out bag and I'm like... Am I really going to leave my laptop and my camera and my guitar? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. I, what? But apparently, what, what can you leave behind? They're they're kind of seen as the because there's phases of uh, preppers and survivalists, and that's kind of the first phase, and then the second phase is the oil crisis in the seventies. Yeah, which we talked about in Mad Max. All. That's what spawned her. Yeah, yeah. And around that Sorry, time, excuse me. Um, there was like, that's when a lot of like more people like Harry Brown started writing books. And there was one called Famine and Survival in America by, I've got it written down, Howard Ruff. I've never read it. Famine and Survival in America How to Prosper During the Coming Bad Years. Oh, yeah. And apparently that was like a huge, like, you know, sold a million copies. Like, and it was. And all projections were things are going to get bad soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then in the 70s as well, and this is kind of what I was mentioning with The Postman, even though that doesn't really fit into this genre, but the survivalist novels got really popular in the 70s. And they were like the men's adventure novels from the 20s. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, where like the damsel in distress in the jungle and the the explorer, like it were those type of, but they were were now in like a, a survivalist setting. Oh yeah, so, so that's well. No, was it sixties? Was I Am Legend came out? 
and it's set, I know that it's set in the seventies, eighties. Yeah, but I think it was written I think about ten f- years before. I think it could. I think that was even prior to that. I think that could have been like very late forties, early fifties. Oh, okay. I t- I could Maybe. be wrong. Now I'm curious. It's, it's set in the seventies. Yeah, when um, the virus breaks out, yeah. and then he survives for a couple of years, and I think he's kind of gone into the. 80 cent. I read it recently. Like I only read it last year. I think year. it could be um, like it's a great book. I loved it so yeah. much. I think it could be like fifty five. Yeah, because the very first version, the one with Vincent Price, is really old, isn't it? That's actually yeah. So then it must be the fifties. Um, the yeah, first 50, adaptation, nineteen fifty four, was written. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I guess even though like that's probably because like the sort of survival novelist novels I'm thinking of, that, and that's why I won't put Postman in it because they're a bit more, they're a bit tackier. Yeah, like, other weird, yeah. <laughs> um, and they actually, like, I've read a few of them, and they're actually written really well, but they're very, they're very, you know, they're, they're very cheap. kind of swashbuckling adventure yeah, kind of thing. Like, cheap yeah. paperback. I guess, like, they kind of fill the same slot that Conan would have 30 years ago. Conan's extremely yeah, well yeah. written, but, you know, they're, like, they're 90, they're novellas and stuff. They're very yeah, quick yeah. reads and stuff. Yeah. But, and there's loads of, and they're even, they're actually, there's still quite a huge fan base for them now, and there's even a, like some of them are post-apocalyptic and some of them are just about, you know, sudden disaster or whatever, but they're all yeah. focused on survival. And there's a big series of them. Actually, there's a few series uh, we could, do, we could should do an episode on one of the, a series of them. Yeah. I'd have to read a lot of them to actually do That's research. Right. But, but you love reading, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is like the conversation we had last time about like, t- you know, I can, why, why read a cheesy paperback when like I still haven't read? Oh uh, yeah, I know. Although some of these are probably really good. I'll find out the good ones. Well, there is one, The Debt of Grass. Um, that's from the 50s, but have yeah. you ever heard of that? Cause it's a popular enough one. No. Um, can't remember the guy's name to roll it. But it's not important. But that's a good one, and it's you can tell from the title. <laughs> it's, it's about it's the death of grass. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, but that's very much a survivalist style. It's in that style. But yeah, is it the death really... of all plants, or just specifically grass that creates dust and stuff? Is it or is it similar to like the world of interstellar kind of thing? Kind of. Now, it, like, yeah, it's not like literally. Yeah, pretty much, but at a slower p- pace. Like, yeah, yeah. It's more. It's just an environmental sort of disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but yeah, this started getting popular in the seventies, essentially. But but even look at it doesn't take long for that to spread into films because then in the like late seventies and eighties you have fucking Deliverance. Yeah. And commando like commandos is sent like I know yeah. that's ridiculous, but it's very like it's about the it's about a survivalist and Rambo. And if I was gonna yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. gonna say Rambo. Yeah. And like just in terms of popular culture, not post apocalyptic, but they all have they all have like survivalist characters. Even Tremors, like Tremors has Tremors oh, yeah. have like that has the big yeah. survivalist character and Yeah, these are man who has like all the guns and his yeah, face yeah. and stuff and like it just started to seep into the Yeah. And I guess that's he's, what, he, he well he was more kind of a gun nut, but he's Still, also a survivalist. He has loads of like he has loads of food stockpile and all sorts of stuff. And uh, I think they end up using his car because it's like basically a tank and stuff. <laughs> and I guess that's why survivalists get a bad name because that's what usually happens in once they get popular in fiction yeah. and then like get really popular in films. And there's always like a survivalist character thrown in there. Once any any kind of archetype character like that is there long enough, yeah, they start to become the joke character. Or the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, they're either the... Yeah, they're either the guy who always goes too far 
yeah yeah or there are people la- you're just, they're the kind of comic relief in a sense yeah because it's post postman turns that they're like the they're who everybody fears in the postman oh like okay the yeah. survivalist so it's not like it's a unified group it's different just in general different sex but they always just refer to as the survivalists yeah and they're the, they're like the raiders in fallout or the raiders in mad max like yeah um maybe maybe postman's responsible for that because i think postman <laughs> actually like it paints a kind of a very realistic picture where the ones that prepared for it now see everybody else as idiots for not preparing so they're a lesser they're like a lesser person so oh, they don't okay, deserve, yeah, they, yeah. You, like if you weren't prepared if you don't have all these survivalist skills yeah why are you still alive you don't deserve to be still alive oh, okay, you're yeah, lesser yeah, than yeah. them which is a very interesting sort of that is a really cool way to know which is a good message. Be prepared. <laughs> yeah. <right>? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And then... Be and the I, higher being, you know. Obviously, I guess the next sort of phase is... And it's probably the big one is fucking Y2J. Y2J, that's the wrestler. Y2K. <laughs> 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 I, I had a moment of... Oh, is that a new one I haven't heard of? <laughs> Chris Jericho, when he debuted in wrestling, he had this whole countdown because he came at the millennium Y2J. and it was Y2J. That's hilarious. I can't believe I actually had a genuine slip of the tongue <laughs> where I referred to Chris Jericho as this third phase of survivalism. That was one of the funniest incidences in modern history i think when jericho came no (laughs) (laughs) but his debut was one of the funniest instances okay i don't remember (laughs) no i'm sorry uh y2k yeah uh, did you (laughs) did you ever hear what brad pitt did y2k no he got a bunch of celebrities in his house to prepare for y2k and he did it this whole it was all a prank oh he pranked a load of other celebrities and I can't think of his name, who he did it to, but but he had uh, had them all entirely... Like, he was the guy who, at every party, was going around going, did you hear about this? The computers are going to go break and all that. He was the guy doing that, and he just did it just to screw with people. And got loads of people believing in it, and, like, and got printed, like, pamphlets of, like, how to prepare yourself done up, and, like, gave them out to people wow. at parties and all sorts of stuff. And then he had a, a party in his house to... Um, to kind of ring in the millennium yeah and then had it set up that like the power went in his house on the, the second of midnight and all this like he had it all prepared and like fooled a load of people and then there was one celebrity who i can't think of his name is who uh was really skeptical and was just like calling bullshit on him and he had a bunch of actors storm the house as uh like a SWAT team and yeah. arrest the guy and throw him in a van and stuff. <laughs> like when it all happens, like he just took the joke too uh, far. And, uh, it's good because I just pictured this as the end as well. Like all these celebrities at a house yeah, party know, for yeah. the end of the world. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, he had them all convinced that it, that it was going to happen. It was it's crazy. Just a mess of people. <laughs> well, maybe this is where like survivalists might become a bit of a joke as well because you hear so many stories about people who like remortgaged their house and stuff because you know the world won't be around i, I won't need to i won't have it. to pay it yeah. yeah and people just put all their finances into buying like cabins in the woods and all oh, yeah. and then nothing happens yeah uh, but i always remember being like i'm trying to think what age i was i would have been what 15 yeah i was 13 i think and even then like i wasn't 
hugely literate with computers or anything like that. And I remember hearing one of the big examples, like people on the news talking, and they were saying how that the big problem will be with, say, in hospitals, like machines and stuff like that, that when they reset over to zero, the machines won't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And another argument I heard from people I remember the time was someone saying like, oh, but a clock on a machine will know it didn't exist before. Yeah. Because like, say that like, you bought it, so big thing was around the time, there was Windows 2000, but there was Windows 95 before that. And so, the idea being that a computer for building Windows 95, with Windows 95 would go, Windows 00, but I didn't exist then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, but computers don't work that way. But that's it, like, it was... And people fell for it. And I remember going around, like, the big, like, PC World shops, and they were all selling a protection software in a box. And I remember I had, like, you know that real typical, like, danger sign with, like, the, like 10,000 volts? Like, all the packaging was looked like that. Yeah, yeah, and it all said like defense against the Millennium Bug, and it was all about the Millennium Bug, and it was, it was so, all yeah. just to fucking sell, to sell Can shit. You imagine like. how much money they've they made from that. Oh, as well. Yeah, and all, it must have been like all it was was the software to like update your clock or something on your. All it did was update your calendar on the computers yeah. or something. It was it was nothing. But like you have to huge. assume if if Windows were making. A software, uh, an operating system called Windows 2000, didn't you? I know, like, you yeah. know, but I think it's just one of those. Was things. it Windows 98 first? Yeah. Oh, there was, yeah. But it was just that thing where it was just media scaremongering, kind of like, yeah. like, and nobody was listening to anybody who actually knew what they were talking about, kind of thing. But they'd even that oh, a computer would think I didn't exist then. Yeah, yeah. And, so and some people like, had extreme ver- where they like. Even that's what the media were saying, but a lot of people were thinking your washing machine is going to try and kill you. <laughs> or, or yeah, like, yeah. Not that that, but your washing machine will all of a sudden explode because it doesn't. Yeah. And <laughs> as if there's a clock. On and, and, and the reality of it all was that VCRs everywhere reset. Yeah. Or they didn't even notice because they didn't have a a monthly. They only what had a twenty four hour clock of them. They didn't even have like a, a year or a month clock. And who in the 90s was able to set the clock on their VCR anyway? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody. <laughs> For those of you listening who don't know what a VCR is, it, it's like a DVD, but shitter. <laughs> and you had to rewind it. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. A video cassette recorder. Yeah. But, but yeah. <laughs> and that, I guess that that crazy period was the third wave in terms of the history creating of rappers. Purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a really funny period though. Although I would say, cause I don't know if it's called the fourth wave, but like I would say the noughties on like after that, then, or maybe the third wave starts there, but it continues yeah. with just like 24 hour media cycle and like the, the terrorism and fucking mad cow disease and bird flu. Well, and all these new... I know they were I mean, around. Think about it, like 9-11 was 2001. Yeah, exactly. So, just suddenly the world just changed so yeah, much from yeah. there. Like. And even stuff like terrorism existed <laughs> prior to that, but it wasn't. Yeah, didn't we invent it? I, I don't know if we invented it. We definitely took it to the <laughs> next <laughs> level. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We, Not we, us personally, but a, yeah, a band we, of we Irish were. terrorists, I should say. <laughs> it, yeah. In our country, it existed heavily. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if we, we invented it, but, like, I think the IRA were, like, the, the nirvana of terrorism. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrorism was never the same after they got their hands on it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it was a much like... Because it was a very garage version of terrorism like yeah. as in literally bombs built in garages <laughs> yeah, yeah um car bombs and all sorts of stuff yeah. yeah and then from that and then from and like all like the stuff in the night like 9-11 bird flu all this stuff that was all going on anyway but just yeah was you were hearing more about that's definitely what leads to fucking preppers becoming like a huge culture and like the the reality tv shows that they, they come yeah. because of that because it's around like i'd say the first i seen of doomsday preppers was maybe 2010 or 11 i was gonna say probably 10 or 11 the, yeah and it was but it had probably been on a bit we came across it because we were researching something yeah the ser- web series we've mentioned on every episode <laughs> yeah. but it revolves into this podcast yeah of yeah um, um five years in the making <laughs> was it five years right no, well, no, I mean, it's 2000, if it came in 2010... I know, it would be a bit later than that. Did you not... I, do, I thought you just said 2010. No, you said it, and then I said, oh, yeah, I would have thought... Doomsday, Doomsday Prep is the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be around that, from around then. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. We're, we're, we're pro- starting prep... Are we starting... Probably 2012. Was probably, I was going to say 2012, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, three years in the making. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, see, I, you see, I'm kind of confusing because I'm thinking of the first idea for the post-apocalyptic thing. That oh, was yeah, that's 2010 or probably two. earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think that's what evolved into this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Too. <laughs> I, but I think that's it's our generation is then we're then fascinated by it as well. Definitely. When you look at the... Not so much as looking at like upcoming movies now and not so much, but when you looked at even like all right we've only really covered mad max but when we like had the idea for this podcast we had like the list of movies because we had this idea we're going to do this podcast a lot earlier so as we could coincide episodes with movies that were being released and it was like every week we would have an episode to go with a film that was actually out that week (laughs) like yeah yeah um and that's how much we're obsessed with the end of the world yeah and that's it well that's a thing and that was like one of the like really the strong character beats in our ill-fated web series was about this idea this prepper kind of yeah, he completely. wants the world to end yeah but yeah it's kind of like, do you because like why are you you're you're because essentially like you're living your life stockpiling for something that might never happen like is there a bit of fantasy to that like what are you it, it almost kind of becomes a equivalent to a religion to the character i think that's the idea mm. the idea even though we were saying i know sometimes they cross over a lot is you have religion and so but i think where the religious side comes from is the whole kind of rapture concept mm. and that that's indoctrinated into kind of religion a lot and um it's not really a big i suppose catholic thing we never really learn about it. rapture is never really a big yeah thing i don't think we catholic really faith. we have revelations um, but it's not quite like revelations same, yeah. which is what where we'd be most familiar with yeah religion yeah. would be catholicism and protestantism and but not a like the rapture comes from like that is their belief in the rapture like that is the yeah. book of revelation just the catholic teaching of it is more like again like, my, i didn't pay attention yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i always got the idea that the in the rev the idea of revelations kind of happens after we are, we're already saved and then that happens yeah whereas, it's kind of different yeah i don't know though that's something we have to research for a rapture episode which we have to do at some point definitely yeah. How would you survive the rapture? <laughs> <laughs> well, we wouldn't. Like, no. based on the, the actual premise of well, We'd it, be we left wouldn't. behind in the oh, well, yeah. how do you hell on earth wasteland. So, yeah. how do you survive that? Um, true, yeah. 
Oh, of course, yeah, of course. With a shotgun premise. and a dog and a bad attitude. <laughs> that's how you survive. Most apocalypses be. <laughs> so, are you prepared, Johnny? In general, I for 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 the minor disasters. Yeah. Yeah. But for the bigger ones, no, not quite yet. I think we no, no, neither of us are. We still no. need to. Work I think. On our I think. Shelters. I think one of the big things that holds you back is neither of us own property. Yeah. And I think once you own property, you can really make it your own. In that That's sense, it. like we were both renting properties, and even though I was, as I've said before, like I grow some of my own veg and all that kind of stuff, it is still very restricted as to what I can do to my landlord's garden. Yeah. Uh, like I've put in raised beds and I have a small greenhouse and stuff like that. But if it was my own garden, I would have like a farm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. with a walkway in the middle. <laughs> Though I think I could... And I'd have a polytunnel and like, you know, I'd go all out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could probably get away with building a bomb shelter in my garden without my landlord noticing. And he would never find out ever, even if you... No. Even, even if, if you leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the only reason I would never do anything like that is because he also could say, oh, I want to sell the house so the lease is up. And you're like, oh, man... Well, that'd be good because then the people who move in might not know the shelter's there. <laughs> and then they find it like 10 years later when they, yeah, they can't landscape even get the garden. In. No, but like then when something happens, you have a, a place nobody even knows where you are because you don't live in that house. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's it. Like if you're talking about like disaster and that's a, a good way to bring up like, because yeah, you've got, you have three options. Like say in, in any, with the exception of stuff like a, a minor like power outage and yeah. all bad snowstorm. But like any major sort of disaster, your three options are to survive it comfortably are either preparing your home, having a bug yeah. out location or, well, actually, they were really the only two. You either need to have the home prepared, a bug out location or, well, no, the third is you just have a bug out bag and you're going to live kind of on the road, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Which, depending on events. Yeah, depending on what it is. So like... You can prepare the home for certain things, isn't it? You can stockpile, and we can stockpile. We yeah. can't alter our homes. We rent. We can't. Do yeah, it. exactly. You can't bug uh, uh, out location. That's only re- that's relevant if you own property up the mountains, and you can do some. You know, and we don't have that option either. Yeah. Well, you've you've a, a homestead outside of the city. Yeah. And I have a homestead outside of the city that I could go like that. We can go down to the country where you're away from the city, and it, like in this in the case of a nuke falling you can go somewhere that you're far enough away from mm. potential fallout and th- you know you're far away from many big cities that they're least likely to be targets and think you know you've we've those type of options but we don't i don't have a cabin in the woods somewhere yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i can go survive on and be a, a huntsman for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah exactly but in terms of having a bug out location like i probably would because i would always th- that's the thing with living in dublin i consider like it's funny because I don't really, like, I really don't have a home now. Like, I don't have a home. Like, this yeah. house here we're in now, that's, like, where I keep my stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. And my my family home yeah. down in the country is kind of, like, home base. Yeah. But no, but I, like... But you haven't lived there for so long. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. It's not home, home. Um, Like, last, like, I was, <laughs> I was down there. I came up last night. So, the night before last, I, I stayed there. Yeah. And I slept on the po- on the sofa bed. Yeah, like, you don't so have a room there anymore. There's a room that me and my brother did share, but like it's that's his room now. <laughs> like, oh, because he's still in there. He yeah, lives yeah, yeah. lives there, um, and he only lives there out of um, convenience because he got a good job. Oh yeah, so close, like literally 
two minutes down, down the yeah, road. Yeah. So why, why? Well, I, well, I'm the same in my parents' house. I've like my parents have two spare bedrooms in their house. One of them used to be my bedroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't look like my bedroom anymore. There's some of my stuff still under the bed. Uh, but that's about it. Like it's not. <laughs> so if I go there, I'm not like I'm going to my room. You know what I mean? There's, yeah, there's none yeah, of that, yeah. None of that exists. But. Uh, but I think what I was saying with the sort of three options you have the the bug out location the yeah. preparing your home and bug out bag I guess yeah. because you know we can't do much with the home we've already talked in the fall episode about building a shelter yeah but bug out locations we could go to our house but like the most important thing for me or you if something like drastic happened would be to actually have a bug out bag because yeah. we'd have to find somewhere to go yeah. whether it's to a bug out location or because yeah, we're in the city, no matter what. like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we'd have to leave at some point. We might not. We might be able to stay here for a few days or whatever. But at yeah. some point, we'd have to leave. Like, we, neither you of do. us have an option to stay anywhere long term. No. You'll have to leave. And my thing is that, yeah, I don't... I'm ha- kind of scared myself. Now, I need to I know, work me on too. that bug-out bag. Um, <laughs> I don't have a bug-out bag. I have a, I have a lot of stuff to go in a bug-out bag, but I don't have it all ready. Like, I don't have it as a go-bag or ready to yeah, go. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, I can take that box and heal it into a bag. I yeah. just need to find the right bug out bag. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. Like I I've camping gear and I've fishing gear and then I have mm. stuff that's specifically for survive like for apocalyptic preparation. And but I need to put them all together in one easy accessible location. But I I would hope that I'd be in a scenario where I'd have a couple of days in my house to put it together yeah, and I'd be like, yeah. Okay, now we're bugging out. We we can't stay here but anymore. But I think the idea you know? is that like just in case like you would ideally you would want to have it prepared that you can literally open your closet grab it and run yeah i don't have that like you know what i loved uh in it was one of the bad seasons of dexter when when deb finds out spoiler for dexter by the way when deb finds out dexter's a killer oh yeah and he thinks she's gone to the police and he goes through and in the voiceover he mentions he explains a bug out bag oh yeah and he just kicks in his wall and behind that he's got a bug out bag yeah, he's got Only like his bug out bag is more of a. It's I think he call he he refers to preppers calling it a bug out bag, and he's like, I call it a getaway bag. Yeah, and no, it's just it's the, like cash, clothes, even like fake IDs. Yeah, and everything, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and it's still food and all stuff he'll need because he might have to like yeah. be traveling for weeks on foot and stuff. Yeah, but uh, sorry, that's completely <laughs> no, you're completely relevant. Um, what I just thought of too, just I think this got idea because we 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 need to like put together our bug out bags. We're about halfway through what I'd consider like our, our first season, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We should the first. We should plan now that the f- first episode of season two of Disaster. Okay, Arcus, yeah. Between now and then, we'll put together our bug out bags. Definitely. And then we'll do a bug out bag, bug out bags revisited yeah, episode. We'll do a comparison. Yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> See what kind of crossovers we have. And so that means we can just like we we can figure out what we need now. And yeah. Well, you've okay. got a load of stuff in a box here and on the table. Do you want to go through that now? Or have you got a few other points you want to make? I don't really have a few other points, but just you just just talking about that, actually. It's something I never really thought. Well, I've thought about it, but like the idea of choosing a bug out bag. Yeah. Like an actual, the physical bag, like the best oh, bag. The, you like can, your backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, do you have any idea what kind of, like, is there anything that sticks out to you? Of I, You don't want something like a big camp and haversack. Because that's just too much. You want something small enough, but that's still comfortable on your shoulders, you want, well padded. Yeah. 
waterproof obviously you want it to be able to say attach things like sleeping bags to the bottom of it yeah yeah it has to have a way to carry say a canteen or water yeah you know so well, like i've got a big I, the, when we went down for your stag no sorry it looked like i was pointing yeah sorry, <laughs> i was looking over the room with the guitar bag <laughs> oh actually that'd be very good because especially if it was like a society crumbling thing if you put all your shit in a guitar case like <laughs> yeah. people will just think you're a nutcase who's brought this guitar with them <laughs> <laughs> very inconspicuous no but i like i when we went on your stag i brought my like a big hiking camping yeah, yeah. bag and like they're great for like packing everything you need for camping into them but like if you're traveling for days like that's yeah they do I know, a lot it's of support like a backpacker yeah when somebody goes backpacking around yeah. the world they classically take one of those bags with them and they're typically about 65 to 80 liters yeah and like really 40 is what you would aim for with a bug out bag yeah exactly because it's like your standard backpack like the bag you have with you today that's probably what 25 yeah probably about that so which you could actually like that's a big bag but like 40 and you don't have to fill it but i think like we were saying about not actually having the bag i think actually it's better to like buy your supplies first and then you find a bag that can conveniently yeah like so as you can have a pocket for fire stuff a pocket because you want to get the stuff easy when you got everything together you go okay i need this this and this yeah yeah Yeah. have you picked one have you got one on amazon or ebay or something you're looking at now i have loads of bookmarks just for random reasons but no like no real thought process put into it other than yeah that could be good that could be good Uh, i know know more i'm have more of an idea of what i wouldn't want than what i do want Mm. you know what i mean like i do have one that i would use but just i need to get something better yeah do you think like color and stuff matters because i was thinking again it depends on your situation but like can you imagine like because a lot of them when you see on like doomsday preppers and stuff a lot of them go for like the military the the like camouflage camouflage. or even just the khaki green yeah yeah and i think actually that'd be kind of dangerous especially if you're in a city because say me and you have that yeah and like it's a society like it's the the the, pre- the preamble to Mad Max kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah you have your economic collapse. Of yeah, and people are like shooting each other for gas, and they yeah. see a guy with a backpack with camouflage on it. Like, there's a good chance you look like a prepper, and they're just like painting a target. Yeah. yeah, it would be. So, like having like a black, and then like having like just a black bag, especially for us here in the city, traveling at night. The darker you are, maybe the better. Yeah. I would but think yeah, like, just a plain, darker color. Yeah. Like something that looks, looks less army as well. I think you're better off. I think actually... Uh, military. To, to get the best of both worlds, if you have like whatever your bag is, maybe actually a camouflaged one, especially if you're in Ireland, because if you are traveling, you're only going to need to worry about being in the city for a very short period of time. Yeah. Pretty soon you're going to be going through woods and country roads. So maybe an actual camouflage bag or a khaki green bag, but you're waterproof cover you have is oh, black maybe. yeah yeah maybe, maybe that's the best middle ground yeah because um, um, last thing you want well you see yeah that's in that kind of like collapse of society scenario where if you're in a flood earthquake crisis you want like a bright orange backpack <laughs> that yeah. you can sit on the roof of a building with and go look helicopters i'm here well i think that's where so you that's, come in where that's items you have in your bag would be helpful for that like maybe you have a flare gun or even just yeah, yeah. or you just have an orange tarp thing or yeah, yeah yeah or something reflective like high vis or something 
Yeah, but I think with bag as well, like, yeah, pockets, more pockets, 40 litres, the most pockets you can have. Definitely, like, actually yeah. a supportive straps that not going to be killer on your back and yeah. something you can hang water bottles from it so as you're not... Yeah, you can distribute the weight around your body, yeah. not just all on your shoulders. I have an amazing camera bag that has, like, three sections in it. And it has the main section, which is... It's like a like a proper camera bag. It has the padded sections in the shape of a camera and lenses and stuff like that. Yeah. In the bottom. And then above that is just a normal open bag. So you can throw anything uh, in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then along the back line, along the back, is a laptop section. Yeah. And the straps are amazing on this thing. It's so comfortable. And then even on the bottom, it has those loops that you could loop other stuff into. Like you can strap a tripod under the bottom and all that stuff. And I basically want, and it is about the 40 litre kind of size and weight. And I want a survival version of that, basically. <laughs> yeah, and that sounds perfect. And ha- right? yeah, has pockets either side for like bottles of water. And, and they're like made that. to be durable because they're made oh, to protect so equipment. So. Now, when I bought it, it was about 80 quid. Like it was, wasn't was cheap, yeah. but it was worth it. I've had it for 12 years and it looks brand new still. <laughs> the thing I'd say to anybody looking for one is like, and yourself, like, and I should probably do it too, is like keep an eye out in charity stores because I'm always seeing yeah. like old camera bags and stuff that are yeah. too big for cameras I'd have nowadays. <laughs> but Yeah, this is they were built for like big video cameras. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. That's what I, I used to have a really big like shoulder mount video yeah, camera yeah. and I had an amazing bag for it. It was such a good bag, like really high quality. And when I sold the video camera, I just gave the guy the bag with it because yeah. I had no other use for it. <laughs> Where now, a couple before of years we had the idea for a, if we had the idea for this web series before that. I know it was just a shoulder bag. You see, oh, it wasn't okay. a backpack and it was, but it would be really good for now. Other like I have smaller sets of lights and things mm. now that would be really good for that kind of stuff. Or it'd be really cool for throwing in my podcast kit. I was, yeah, I was um, just thinking yeah. <laughs> with mics and stands and things that would go really well in it. But I, I actually do have anyway. a shoulder bag that I never even thought of for using for other stuff. Oh but yeah, there, there you go. Um, but yeah, so I guess items for a book out bag. Yeah, what are you putting in your bag, Johnny? Well, I've got like some random crap just I left on the table for yeah, Shane to see a few bits here. back around with. But uh, like, I don't know. We can look through it. But and as we're doing it, talk about other stuff you need. I guess like, OK, start with the most important or sec. Well, no, the most important because you need it more than food, water. Like that's the. Yeah, well, yes, and no, because you can't carry too much water because it's heavy. So you need to be smart with water. You want to carry about a liter. Yeah. Maximum. But you want to have some kind of filtration system with like a carbon so, filter for yeah, your water. Yeah. That's a big thing. I think like maybe you you need water yeah, like a a, a purification system of some sort, like a, a yeah. life straw or whatever. Yeah. And then also purification tablets. Yeah. And and then a kit for boiling water. And which is part of your making cooking food and stuff. Yeah, I think like you need or no, you don't need. It's just my idea that, like, so is like, yeah, you don't want to be carrying loads of water, but you know, if you don't have much water, so you've yeah. gone without, you want, you still want like more than one bottle, so like a collapsible one like that that you can like oh, shove okay. in, like so That's it's a like, cool bottle, actually, so yeah. you know you're not going to get water for a few days, and you come across the stream, and you're like, you can fill a few. Yeah, yeah, you're like this, especially if you're following a map or something, you're like, oh, this is my last fresh water yeah, source yeah. for the next three days, so I better prepare for that. So, uh, yeah. like, 
okay what i'm showing shane now is like a uh stainless steel one like if you're carrying three of them in your back that's just they it, take up so much yeah, space yeah, yeah. especially if, you if you're not gonna have them full but if you one of them and like two collapsible ones yeah that you can fold up and put in a pocket yeah um make a huge difference but you do need the like i think like you do need like because a lot of people would just have like the life straw and all those like purification bottles like they're all uh plastic yeah. and the problem with that like I think you're best to have something stainless steel. Life straw is great because it's a straw, so you can buy it into any bottle yeah. and drink with it. But with something like this, because like you can boil it, because like if you've oh, been, yeah. if especially if you're like in the wilderness or something like that, you you're gonna pick up something. So you need to like burn the fuck out of your bottle at the end of the day just to make sure. Just like, to sterilize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like something like that's absolutely necessary. But like even if like you think of it, you're taking water from a stream and then boiling it yeah you're still transporting it in that bottle yeah so you yeah. need to clean the bottle after that that's yeah that's what i mean yeah and that's so that's where the stainless steel comes in handy yeah you can yeah. just actually sit it on the fire for a few minutes and it'll be fine yeah like i had another one that is a deadly uh, bottle this one's on like a, oh that one has like a pouch for it. yeah well the pouch i got separate but like it's just very rubbery and plastic it's still stainless steel but you can't really you can't really burn it too often but until like it just melt the plastic part would just melt so it's kind oh, of yeah. useless it's still a nice bottle though. um do you want that one because no, i only need one no. <laughs> <laughs> okay i need have to get, some at home oh, damn need to get rid of some of my shit um <laughs> but that's good because in the pouch you can put like your purification tablets in in there oh, and yeah. stuff it's nice bottle. strap it on your arm as you're walking yeah um it's like a little bottle pouch it almost looks like a sleeping bag for the bottle and then it has pockets on it and yeah. it has its own separate handle so that's handy because i end up just like picking up when i see stuff going cheap i'll just pick them up and yeah but now i'm at a point where there's stuff i really wanted like i wanted like a really good canteen but i've already got too much that's like oh that's just another water oh, yeah. carrier you, you should have just bought the good one in the yeah. first place but they're all they're still good ones it's just to be honest, like I was buying it more because like it looked cool as well. Like part of it was just like I oh, wanted yeah. it. Yeah, I guess. But whereas <laughs> I already have what I need, so yeah. Because really, that is probably all you need. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, and that's probably what five hundred mils or twenty ounces. Yeah, to. yeah. But I think that's probably enough in in terms of water. Yeah. So I suppose next with it with your water then is your your food. Well, well as we were saying, it's, you can boil water. You could put. You could potentially. Sorry, I was talking away from the mic there. Um, you could potentially boil water in a stainless steel can like that. Mm. So you wouldn't necessarily need something else to boil it in, like a pot or something. Aren't we very? Aren't we kind of gobshites for not like setting up one of our cameras and record and and video? No, and we said it the other week. We do. Yeah. Considering we're actually going through a table looking at stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. It's a bit late now. We'll do it the next time. Yeah. What is it? Oh, that's mosquito treatment or spray see they're just shit that like uh, even though like i have this like it's bug out stuff but like this is stuff just i've had for camping and going yeah, on yeah. holidays like <laughs> this is just where i keep my stuff that you need to break oh, yeah. that you don't you, use you every one day. of those mini uh, solid fuel stoves here see that's definitely a bug out bag thing definitely. because like look how small it is it's yeah. tiny and that's it's in its so box clever. it's essentially what this is they're foldable little hobo stoves yeah essentially they're Here just go. and you get your little fuel cells for it they're just like little uh fire lighters and they burn yeah. for maybe not a long like each one burns for about 10 minutes they're tiny oh, yeah. a few in them but they burn hot do they have they you burn, tested them yeah 
Yeah, yeah, I've used them a bit. Electricity is gone and stuff. I've used them. I've used them camping as well. Yeah. And you can also burn. Like, I mean, you can just use... I've got camping fire lighters as well. You could oh, use yeah. them. You could put wood in it. Anything. Dirt. Yeah. I think the little uh, stove with a few tablets you always hear like recommended at least eight tablets but they're so tiny like in that box that the stove and the tablets are in that there's like 20 30 tablets in there oh why really would, okay why yeah. would you only bring eight <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless they're talking about much much bigger tablets yeah, yeah. they're like a little urinal cake <laughs> yeah that's actually that's exactly yeah, they look very much like that yeah um yeah, and I remember, like, last time we were talking about, I think it came up in Night of the Living Dead episode, and you were saying a spork. You know, you have to have oh, a spork. Yeah, yeah. I still think the... Oh, you've got that kid here. Yeah, well, that's... I wouldn't... I had that for actual camping. I wouldn't put that in... Okay, that's the... Yeah, I have one of those as well. It's a knife, spoon, and fork that kind of clip together in a little can container opener. that has a, that's actually a can opener. Yeah. And that is, they're really handy for camping. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, but, that, but then you have the pen knife, which is a fork and a spoon and a knife, is it? Fork, spoon, knife. There's a can opener too. I suppose it's a multi-tool rather than it's a It's a multi-tool knife. with u- kitchen utensils. Oh, okay, yeah. And well, You have a bottle opener, essential survival. Yeah, yeah. So you can open bottles of wine. But like it, it comes apart, so... Yeah. Actually, I should do it with the knife down, shouldn't I? Oh, so you so actually use them separately? Into two, yeah, so you have a knife and fork separately. Oh, uh, okay. So like, I cool. think that's... Because it's so small. It's the size of a, a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, yeah. And... That's yeah. really cool, kid. They're so tiny. Um, they're great. That is cool, kid, yeah. I want to get another one just to bring around with me for uh, when I am getting lunch. And you get, like, you know when you buy like a lunch in like, like a gas station salad <laughs> and they give you the little <laughs> shitty... Plastic <laughs> knife that just can't do anything. Just yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and like as far as food, that's the hard part is food in in a bug out bag. Because if you're yeah. at home preparing, like you know, you can have stacks of tin food, but weight is always going to be an issue when you're working with forty oh, yeah. liters. I I did up a list a while ago, and I'm gonna find it here of what I thought would be essentials. Uh, I emailed it to myself. Can you? Thing I'd say, I need to. I really need to get better uh, cooking pots and stuff because that's not very good. That pot, the, the oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but of course, you need a lot of people co- go around with a set of pots. You really only need one. I mean, you can cook, you can boil, fry, and something you can boil, fry, do whatever in. You can get cool little sets. I I, I do have like a set of bowls that are thick and they're stainless steel so you can just cook in them and then eat oh, yeah. from the bowl which is probably the most convenient way oh to yeah do it. you cook and eat from the same thing yeah so but yeah you obviously need uh something to cook on and something to cook in yeah and something to eat with um and i, I, I think i'm pretty covered on that but uh, what stumps me is the actual what to what to cook <laughs> <laughs> oh what do you cook yeah <laughs> yeah so i have a list here of things i would have in my bug out bag mm. and i was kind of i really thought about it of like logically the kind of things you'd need and things that are lightweight and easy to bring and this is in no particular order as well because i couldn't think of a way to prioritize really can i just say something before you go into it yeah you did do this list in the night of the living dead episode i don't think i went all the way through it though didn't you I? didn't go all the way through it but yeah that, that was what i did it for yeah 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 um yeah i had so shelter, some kind of tarp and a sleeping bag, like a waterproof cover and some cord 
Mm. You need you gotta have some rope and cord. Because you can do lots of different things with cord. You can make like snares out of it. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah. Uh, then a sleeping bag, obviously. A fire making kit, but get a have a couple of bits for fire. You want a flint, you want a lighter, and then you want waterproof matches. Because you want to have a couple of options. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, that kind of way. Um, and then I was thinking about food, because you just as you were saying, you're kind of trying to decide which food. And I have in this lightweight non-perishable rations like jerky high calorie protein powders uh, dried beans lentils and then i have spork bowl pot with handle <laughs> yeah see the thing with like because protein powder it's so lightweight that's definitely the, the easiest but you definitely need to be having loads of other food with it because if you're just oh yeah I, you'll, you'll just go through you yeah yeah so and i know you're not thinking like that but just just yeah. for anybody listening that like yeah protein powder if you're living off protein powder your kidneys are and your oh, bowel, bowels are going to pay <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well you see i would think of it as it'd be a good way to just top up your yeah especially i was specifically thinking about you know the mass gainers yeah and they're like one shake of them is like three four hundred calories mm. so just to get your calories in yeah for the day yeah. you gotta bulk up your calories well if you had i've got like some this is kind of for the purpose of the podcast now just that oh yeah i would always buy a few of these and just throw them into a box just to have oh like but, ready meals in there yeah like so if you were eating stuff like that like what is that that's just savory rice and veg that's like oh yeah you just boil it in like 15 minutes and what like that's 120 grams like it's tiny like yeah. you could pack, you can easily pack like seven of them in. Oh yeah, you'd, and have one a day. And yeah, yeah, but they're like they're, for me. Like I eat like a fucking sow. Like so, like I know, that's no her. That's that might I'd, be. I'd need me. to eat six of them a day. Same. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, but it'd be like if you're rash, even but even rationing one of them won't be enough. So it'd be like one of them and then a protein shake. Yeah. Does it say the calories on that? Actually, I'm yeah. curious. Because um, you need like average male needs. About 2,000 calories a day to survive, you know? 216. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you definitely need extra. Think like a, a really good idea for just having in a pocket like an easy access is like as well, like you're, you're just your survival tin. Oh, yeah. Which maybe we do an episode it's entirely on that. Yeah, well, that's just, well, it's that, just a tobacco is that a, tin. Oh, I was going to say, it looks like a pack of those sweets that like my granny used to have. <laughs> those, they're just very much thinner. Yeah, it's a tobacco tin. But yeah. There's random crap in there. But only because, yeah, like, I've got flint and stuff. Oh, yeah. You need, yeah, flint, little saw. Just oh, random nice. crap like yeah, that. Yeah. Just easy access to but it. But stuff that, yeah, you could throw that in a pocket. Yeah. Like a mini torch. Like, if you were if you were being chased by someone and you find yourself in a scenario where you just, you have to ditch your bag. Yeah, and you can just grab that. You can grab that tin think it could be gone oh wait no. flint johnny's about to set his room on fire you're gonna set your mic sponge on fire <laughs> jesus that was a serious spark yeah yeah it's a really good that was deadly i need to get one of them actually i've always looked at them there's the sort, there's the sort of things i always looked at in shops when i was a teenager when i started going camping and going someday when i'm an adult i'm gonna buy that because <laughs> i'll have money and now i'm an adult and i still but don't actually, have money but they're a lot more affordable to me yeah, <laughs> yeah. when when like the most money I had was like 10 euro. <laughs> Where now the most money I have is 20 euro. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's and that's like why we really should have videoed this because like some people... So like, much visual stuff here. Yeah. ...have the idea that as well like Flint can only be used by Bear Grylls. But like the one I just use, it's a cheap enough one. It's only a couple of euro. 
and I just use it in front of Shane, like the sparks shot across, like those sparks went across the table. Like you would be no length really if you had good kindling. Oh, you yeah. would just light a fire no problem. Of course, you would never uh, you would only use that when you needed to um yeah. of course bring uh all weather lighter as well. Yeah, exactly. And waterproof matches. So. There's actually yeah, waterproof matches. There's a great the um I really like the what, the space blanket? No, there's another I've got like a a life match, it's called. Oh, okay. It's essentially a lighter, it's like a zippo it's a match, a metal match with like a flint and a wick on it. Yeah. And it's in a little canister. And you fill it with uh, fuel the same as you would an all-weather lighter light, or uh, oh, okay. like a fuel lighter. And you stick out the match and you rub it against the flint and the match lights. And oh. it just is lit. It's just very convenient for lighting fires now because it's a, like using a long match. You know when you're lighting yeah, yeah. something with a lighter and it's burning your finger. It yeah. just would be much better for lighting fires and stuff. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, Again, when we do the actual bug out bag episode, when we make we'll we'll make short video of that because yeah, we'll do a video one yeah. definitely because this isn't working at all. No, <laughs> it's not. It's actually a good episode. It's just yeah, um, <laughs> the visual side is necessary yeah, yeah. for this. It's like we we're saying we want to do some. Uh, we're going to do some taste testing of these types of dry meals and tinned yeah, meals and yeah. stuff. And that you got to do video because our facial reactions when we taste some horrible food will be weird. Yeah, exactly. It was like, I sent you the other day. What was the one I sent you the other day? Let me find the picture. Oh, I, the, I the, was in a... The chicken pie was, thing. Yeah, I was in a cheap shop, like a pound shop the other day, and I sent Johnny a picture of what I saw on the shelf. It's a tin, and it's like a big tin, flat tin, like a plate-sized tin, and it's chicken balti half-time pie, and the cover of the tin is painted to look like a football. So it's clearly marketed as like uh, the description on it: tender pieces of chicken cooked in a curry sauce, topped by our signature puff pastry. Important: remove lid before baking. <laughs> so it's the idea be easy. You just take the tin off with a can opener and then throw this thing in the oven, and it's a pie. Yeah, a chicken yeah. belty pie for uh, for half time when you're watching the footy. See, I think this is gonna have to be a two parter. Yeah, I think so. Or yeah, and we'll or we'll just revisit when we yeah, we'll put do, together. We'll do revisit and we'll do a video on I think our it's YouTube. A good, and... We've only covered water and food really and fire. Yeah. So But they're the basic essentials really. Yeah, but there's like think of like I know you mentioned shelter, but like shelter and bedding a bit more. I've got a few bedding options in like I've got emergency blankets. That what you I picked up a earlier. Yeah, that's a very a very compact hammock. Yeah. But you know, clothing's important. Yes. Heat sources, first aid, hygiene, you, we kind of touched uh, you on need, a bit. You need, like, hand sanitizer yeah. and uh, just, just a couple of, like, wet wipes or something like that. Tools, I mean, lighting as well. I've got different sort of lighting sources. Oh, yeah, you have glow sticks, you have torches, um, um, then you The fire. most important thing is a cranked, a hand-cranked torch as well. Yes. So it's a uh, battery, or it's, uh, it's uh, you can just charge it up. Yeah, and candles. Oh yeah, important too. Tea lights, I think. You know, that's because the candles, so yes. small and really they burn. And, for and so you can long. cook with them as well. You see, that was yeah. I was going to say that, that. I've even tried that on the little camping stove. Just to, I was just going to ask yeah. you that on that little camping um, stove. But there's other stuff like even like just travel aids, especially like you know considering oh compass. Like I've, the thing is, I've got so many things that have a compass attached to them. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you need just and just you know maps. You need silver bullets in case there's a werewolf <laughs> um, but we will I think it's a good starting off point to like 
that's a good uh, to introduce people that might not have known what preparative are. prepping yeah. it's not actually as crazy uh, as people might think even though we make fun of it the whole yeah, time yeah um, I, yeah I, th- I think the essential is for most people is have some camping gear and have at least two weeks ten days supply of food mm. of dried non-perishable food in your house yeah and i think always stock it up like i think the, I, I think you kind of need to slowly if, always be building on it yeah if you're prepping your house like stockpiling food whether it's for a week two weeks a year whatever i think you kind of need to do it i think the first one once you start's the hardest part you need to just like go full into it and stock up and have like whatever your goal is let's say for just sake of argument your goal is three months just yeah. do that stock up for three months and then as soon as you've stocked up for three months, start stocking up for another three months. Yeah. And then what you do is you gradually take the stuff that is soonest going out of date from yeah, your three months supply and, and, and restock. And, and yeah. And then you're just always, you're always prepping for three months and restocking and taking from it. Yeah. And that way, nothing will ever go to waste. Yeah, that's the last thing you want. Because, uh, as we're saying, like prepping makes sense, but really you're probably never going to need it. So why spend all yeah, that money? Like, on... Fingers crossed you won't need it. Yeah. And I mean, now everything we I have here was bought for the purpose of camping. <laughs> yeah. And it'll all like, th- that's why nothing's in a bug out bag. Stuff is no. there because when I'm going on camping, I, I'll bring the stuff I'll need. Yeah, you'll be that. putting together a bag <laughs> yeah, for yeah. that camping trip. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be bringing that hammock on most camping trips. <laughs> but I have hung it up on the ba- in the backyard during summer. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think now, at least for the purpose of the podcast, we will uh, put together our bug out bags, and then like, yeah, the first episode of like our second season. Even though we're not really, it's I, we yeah, we'll probably keep going. Yeah. yeah, we will. But we will like revisit it and compare bug out bags, and we will set up cameras and do it as a video as well. Just yeah. so you all have a better visual reference. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, if you if you haven't subscribed, please do yeah. and rate and review would be so awesome. Um, yeah. Tell no, all your friends. Nobody has. So we're feeling lonely. Yeah. Show us some love and uh, a yeah. love. If you want to like request an episode, we're on Twitter at Disaster Artists Pod. We're on Facebook Disaster Artists Podcast. Um, and wherever you listen to this, subscribe. See you soon. Have a nice apocalypse. I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart.